The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend, plenty of racing to take in, and we'll try to catch you up on as much as we can. Our handicapper today will be Byron King. As you know, he's been on the show a lot. He's one of the top columnists and handicappers for the Daily Racing Forum. Good thing is he's a native of Louisville, Kentucky, and you know who's opening up their doors this week, and that is Churchill Downs. So we'll take a look at uh, two win-and-you're-in races, the Pocahontas, which is for the girls, and the Iroquois, which is for the boys, both of these two-year-old races. And then uh, a race that uh, was uh, big time when it became a million-dollar purse, uh, the Super Derby from Louisiana Downs. And if we get a chance and have time, we're going to go to Kentucky Downs for the Kentucky Turf Cup. Well, speaking of Kentucky Downs, uh, they canceled today after the second race. Uh, The jockeys decided not to ride. Uh, They did decide to ride the first two races, but just said that it was unsafe. Uh, The track had soaked up to one and a half inches of rain uh, that had been run steadily for a couple of days. Uh, It didn't dry out. So what they're going to do is they're not just going to eliminate those top purses. They're going to move the the, the races around. So uh, if you're planning to go down there, um, six of the eight canceled races will be made up on September 16th and September 19th, but the horses will have to be re-entered. Now, post time for those days, which are a Wednesday and a Saturday, are going to be moved up to 12.05 p.m., and that is central time where they are located. So uh, originally post time was 135. They'll be moved up because each day will now carry 13 races, and what an amazing card they have been having. And uh, what an amazing slew of winners we've been getting off our easy win forms here on Winning Ponies. We're happy to bring you the radio show, but you you come up and pull down those forms because they're bringing home some amazing winners from Coast to Coast. We even uh, handle uh, Los Alamitos. We had a $1 pick five, paid $4,298. At the OP patch, Alice Park had a $1 super high five on my birthday, $3,838. Not bad at all. And if you were lucky enough, you might have been the, one of the few that took it down. At Del Mar, 
on Sunday, a 50-cent pick five, races one through five, return over $38,000. That's right. You get it here at Winning Ponies, and you get it with the easy win forms. Well, news of the week, aside from all the big racing we had, was that two-time horse of the year, Wise Dan, has been retired. Uh, trainer Charles Lepresti noticed some filling in a tendon uh, on Monday morning. He was hoping to go back to make a return from an ankle injury uh, in the $1 million Rico Woodbine Mile uh, that's going to be coming up on this Sunday. According to Lepresti, he'd been training lights out, but they did notice some filling in his tendon when they were giving him a bath. The vet suggested we scan it. It turns out he has a tear on the outside edge of his tendon. Of course, uh, he's an 8-year-old gelding, so he's not going to stud. It'll be interesting to see where he goes because he could go where our first guest calls home, and that is Michael Blowen of Old Friends, uh, who's got uh, another derby winner on the way. I'll let him talk about that when he gets here at a fun weekend uh, at a fundraiser with him at uh, Belterra Park in Cincinnati. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where uh, a wise Dan ends up because I would guess that the Kentucky Horse Park wouldn't mind having him either. So they took their time. They came along. Obviously, the original injury was not what went wrong. They're going to do what's best for the horse, and uh, they wish him all the best in his retirement. Now, with him out of the race, it looks like both uh, Leah and obviously will probably be the early favorites in that Woodbine Mile. Uh, It is a race that uh, Wise Dan had won twice. So, again, that coming up this Sunday at Woodbine, one of their bigger races. Uh, moving along, we've been talking about California Chrome. Remember, we had Tim Ham on from Taylor Made Farm talking about not only how they get their horses ready, but about the fact that they are now part owner of California Chrome. Plans are for him to come back and race next year. And I asked him, I said, you know, are people on the farm trying to kind of sneak up and get a look at him? He said, yes, of course. Well, they're going to make it so you can, if you happen to be uh, in the area, September 25th, 26th, or 27th. So fans can come out to Taylor Made Farm. It's in Nicholasville, Kentucky, right near Lexington. And uh, he'll be shown twice a day at 11 in the morning and at 2 in the afternoon. Now, the 11 a.m. sessions are free while the 2 p.m. sessions are $10 per person. But that afternoon session includes a hayride tour of the over 1,000-acre facility, including a visit to the barn where Triple Crown winner American Pharaoh was raised. And if you want tickets, go to TaylorMade's Facebook page, again, September 25th, 26th, and 27th. Well, um, again, I announced a little earlier that uh, the September meet at Churchill Downs is going to begin on Friday. It'll go September 11th through September 27th. It starts on Friday with a 10-race program, 2.45 Eastern time, the first of 11 dates, and that is the, the post time there. So uh, the horsemen are going to be competing for nearly $4 million in prize money uh, this Saturday, and, of course, we'll be covering several of the stakes. Uh, they're going to have uh, four stakes, eight races, over a million dollars stake schedule, and uh, looks like they're getting a lot of action. Right now, 9.4 horses per race. Now, in addition to the Saturday Road to the Kentucky Derby kickoff, because these are win-and-you're-in races, 
on Sunday, some good friends of mine are going to be doing a book signing, Ride to Win, an inside look at the jockey's craft with award-winning writers Bob Fortas and Gary West. Now, you've heard those guys on these airways before. They are great guys, love the game, fantastic journalists. Uh, the book is going to be $20 each, cash only, uh, inside Gate 17 from 1130 to 245. And I called those guys to congratulate them and find out where I send my money to get the book. And they said, hey, we're also going to be at Kentucky Downs on Saturday. So if you happen to be at Kentucky Downs on Saturday or Churchill Downs on Sunday, go down and say hi to my friends Bob Fortas and Gary West. I guarantee you it is going to be an excellent book. Uh, It is going to be a Downs After Dark Day, and that's Saturday, September 19th. And then they have what they call uh, Twilight Thursdays um, uh, with a 3.30 p.m., that should be interesting because University of Louisville's hosting Clemson at nearby Papa John's Cardinal Stadium at 7.30 p.m. Uh, so uh, things are going to be getting busy, but it all starts at Churchill Downs this Friday. We'll be talking to Byron King about that. Um, mentioned to one of these two horses uh, last week, it looks like Golden Horn and Glen Eagles are finally going to meet up. It's going to be in the Irish Champion. Now that is going to be this Saturday in Leopardstown's $1.3 million. It's a win and you're in. The Irish champion, a grade one, eight-horse field in place, and you get to go to the Longines Breeders' Cup turf if you do win. Now, this Glenn Eagles is a son of a sire I've talked about quite a bit, and that's Galileo. He's going to try to run past a mile for the first time, but he's crossed the line first in eight of his nine starts. So it'll be very interesting to see because... He has said that he does plan on coming to the Breeders' Cup Classic for a showdown with American Pharaoh should he win the race. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of the races we handicapped last week. Hope you got a chance to go to the track and or go to your favorite OTB parlor and catch some of these races. Of course, uh, two-year-old girls we will probably see in Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup. Boy, this is going to be great. Rachel's Valentina, that's right, the daughter of Rachel Alexandra, got the job done in the spinaway, uh, went off at 8-5, to five. Johnny V, she's now 2 for 2, had an explosive move, now she's, go, she's won at 6 furlongs, she's won at 7, we'll see what happens, but certainly you know her mama could run long and so could her dad, Bernardini, so Rachel's Valentina, Lasted over tap to it, and the reason I say lasted is tap to it was really flying at the end. It is a daughter of Tappet, really nice clothes, but a Rachel kind of dug down and found something extra. That'll be a fantastic rematch. And third in that race was Constellation. Of course, uh, a lot of talk about uh, the the Woodward, and we did say last week that Liam's map looked like the one to beat, and it was this son of unbridled song they took their time with it todd fletcher train easy win off at six to five over coach inge uh one of the speed horses that we said would go with liam's map and uh finishing in the third spot was wicked strong again that was the grade one woodward uh also some big races on the west coast for sure, concerning the Phillies, was the Delmar debutante, 
And a Del Mar debutante, Songbird. Some people were saying, how come Mike Smith's not in some of these other races at Saratoga? Well, he was doing just fine out on the West Coast last week. And it looks like Jerry Hollendorfer has himself another one. Even money, a dueled with Pretty and Cool, who won the Sorrento Stakes coming out of the Baffert Barn. It was uh, one of the only graded stakes winners in the field. As a matter of fact, the top four finishers of the Sorrento were in there. But uh, Pretty and Cool held on for second by three-quarters of a length over land over sea, a Doug O'Neill trainee. So the two-year-old Philly division looks like it's loaded with talent. I see we're getting uh, close to our first guest, so let's see what other races I can pull out of my hat. We'll go to Saratoga for a new course record. It was in the Bernard Baruch, a grade two. The winner in there was Ironicus. Uh, nine to five on the morning line. Shug McGahey's got another nice older cult. Son of distorted humor. A new course record. And second was Grand Tito. And third was all included. Back to the two-year-old boys. It was the hopeful stakes. Grade one. And the winner coming in from the West Coast. Doug O'Neill's got another good one. Rally as it was let go at seven to one. Made a huge move on the turn and pulled away to win by five and three-quarter lengths over the favorite, Magna Light, who led most of the way but just was no match for Elias. Third was Uncle Vinny, who was placed first in the Sanford Stakes by way of disqualification. And then also, uh, in closing weekend at the spa, uh, we had the grade two Prioress, and there wasn't a big surprise in here. Karen McLaughlin's cavorting winner of the Jersey Girl and the Test Stakes two races back, won by three in a hand ride. So cavorting three-year-old filly, keep an eye out on her. We did say it could be a test repeat. It was. Hope you had the exact. The running second, the horse that ran second in the test was Bar of Gold, who got away at nine to one. In the third spot was Fuziachi Red. Well, that's about all of the race information I can get out in this segment of the program. We're going to take a brief break, and we come back talking to one of my favorite people in the thoroughbred horse racing, only not at the track, on the farm. That's right, old friends, Michael Blowen. We'll be right back. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a gentleman that I had a lot of fun with over the weekend, raising some money for old friends at, at a benefit, and uh, uh, the, the, the fans were super. Uh, both uh, Michael Blowen and, and his wife, Diane, uh, just uh, so gracious. Uh, several of their volunteers, uh, through no choice of theirs, got banged up, broken legs, and uh, other injuries. So who shows up but uh, Michael and Diane in 90-plus degree weather without a breeze and help me run the auction all afternoon long. Uh, Michael, how are you doing? It was a great day despite the uh, surroundings. John, you know, you're the best. You know, every Labor Day we have such a great time uh, going up to Belterra Park and seeing you and everyone and all the fans of the, of racing and of, of some of our horses. I mean, we just, even though it was a little warm, we just had a wonderful time, and I can't thank you and everybody at Belterra for all your support and all your help, and, and it is a lot of fun. Well, it's fun being being around you and seeing your excitement, and your enthusiasm for the sport. Well, what, what I was happy to see was, you know, we were kind of working the tables, is looking down and seeing how many people were coming up to you and Diane and engaging you and vice versa in conversation. I mean, obviously, I believe that you're at least on your 10th year, um, a lot of people have come to know about the farm, and uh, you, you just keep spreading the word. But did, did you feel that? Yes, it's really, really great. You know, one of the things I thought from the, when we first started All Friends uh, 11, 12 years ago um, is, is that it was for the fans. And I thought if, if there were other fans around to racing that felt the same way as, as I did uh, about these great old horses, that everything would work out fine. And, and it's working out great, you know, thanks to you and thanks to a lot of the fans. You know, people will come up to you and talk to you about some horse who might have been in a claiming race at Belterra, like uh, when it was River Downs, you know, seven years ago. You know, you know, we have Cat Launch here, and he's one of my favorite horses ever. You know, he'll he'll take little carrots right out of your mouth. He's like this gentle giant, and great it's just photo. wonderful to see all the horses, different personalities, and it's great to see the support they still get from all their fans. Well, I, and I want to tell my listeners right now to look around, get a pen, or listen up. Remember, all these shows are on podcast. Michael, I, I hold in my hand the, the new uh, Old Friends edition that uh, our friends at the Daily Racing Forum uh, published. It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, not only does it does it have you know sideline stories, of course, a great one of you and, uh, and Cat Launch in there. Uh, it tells people about the, the New York farm, but they can go through and start reading about all the stars that are there and their their life's history, then they can go back and look at their lifetime PPs. You've got horses on the farm. I forgot that I saw a race. Um, how, how, how do people get, get this magazine in their hands? Well, they can call the office, and we'll be glad to send them one. If they come on a tour, we'll be glad to give them one. Uh, the office number is 502-863-1775, and and uh, we'll be glad to send them one. But the racing forum from the beginning has been so terrific for us. You know, they published 20,000 copies of that magazine for us for free. 
Wow. Uh, they've just been amazing. Mandy Minger, the entire staff of the Racing Farm has just been tremendous when it comes to their support of uh, not just us, but the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance and the PDJF and all the other uh, groups that care about these athletes once their racing and breeding careers are over. Yeah, it is, it is pretty neat. I know it was around Derby time. I believe that uh, when you got Silver Charm back, Gary Stevens came out to uh, renew their friendship. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, both Gary Stevens and Bob Baffert both came out to see Silver Charm. And I have to say this, both of them were very, very emotional about it. You know, Gary, uh, they ran a really nice picture in the Hall of Fame magazine this year of Gary Stevens and Silver Charm, both Hall of Famers. And then when Bob came the Tuesday before the Kentucky Derby, um, he went out there to see him and, and he really broke down and he said, you know, I'm usually not this emotional, but, you know, I haven't seen this horse in a decade and, and he did so much for me and, and uh, he turned around to his son, Bodie, and he said, take a good look at that horse. If it wasn't for that horse, that's, well, first of all, he said, that's the reason you have so much junk in your room. <laughs> 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 he said, we, I'd still be looking for a quarter horse out in the Arizona desert if it wasn't for Silver Charm. So that was really amazing. And then, and then he came out and he goes, he goes, you're addicted to these horses, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. I said, I really am. And he goes, me too. He goes, you know, they have they have Alcoholics Anonymous if you're an alcoholic and they have, they have drug rehab if you're a drug addict. And he said, you know what they have for people like us that are addicted to these horses? I said, I don't know, Bob. What do they have? And he goes, death. <laughs> <laughs> he well, said it's the only way. But he said what, what happened actually was he had this amazing uh, succession of images of Silver Charm when he was racing. And, and of course, he, he had images of Bob Lewis who had died. You know, both his parents were alive then, and then they died, and, and all of this, all of this information would just keep flooding and flooding and flooding, and uh, he was really overwhelmed by the experience of just seeing Silver Charm again. So that was really great. And then last night, I got uh, I got to go over to Adina Springs, and the people at Adina Springs, Frank Stronach and and Mike Rogers, and and uh, and and Stacy Clark Rogers have all helped me, but. We're gonna we're going to have uh, we're gonna be able to get both uh, alphabet soup and and touch golden old friends. Oh my God, Michael, that's great! Alphabet Isn't soup, that great? Is, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. He, he's my mo, one of my most favorite and one of my most hated horses, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I was live into the pick six on Breeders' Cup day. I singled cigar. How could I lose? <sighs> Alphabet oh, soup. man. I know it's brutal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'll never Alphabet forget that soup. horse. <laughs> and he's beautiful. He is. He and is. I've been to Adina. I've seen them both. They're gorgeous. That's fantastic news. Well, while we're talking about horses coming to your farm, let's lead into to the next in your stable of stars. I believe there's one that's getting ready to get on a plane over in Europe and make it his way to Georgetown, Kentucky. Well, we're working on, on two. One of them we've already secured, uh, and that's War Emblem, and we're very, very excited about having War Emblem home. Uh, he, he should be here in mid-October. And, and again, Bob Baffert, to his credit, and I'll tell you, my estimation of this guy knows no limits. I mean, he has just been fabulous to us and fabulous to the horses. I, 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 can't, I can't sing his praises high enough. He, um, he trained War Emblem, of course, and... and 
curiously enough, uh, Victor Espinosa wrote them. And so, and Barbara Livingston donated a wonderful photo of, of War Emblem from his Derby win. And Bob and Victor have signed uh, 300 of these photographs that we've made into certificates. And that's how we're raising the money to bring, uh, to bring War Emblem home. And so each of the certificates, because he won the Derby and the Preakness in 2002, uh, are $202. And you get the certificate, and then you get it uh, signed by Bob and Victor. And when he gets here, you get to come to a, a, a special party for the people that helped bring him home. So that's one of the ways we're raising money. I thought it would be much more interesting to to try and get a bunch of his fans together to contribute to him coming home than, than to go for so, some big sponsor to hit a home run. And, and it's, so far, it's worked out really good. We've already, uh, we already have over 100 people that have signed up for the program and, and donated money. So we're very excited about him coming home. And uh, we've, we've, uh, we've talked to the Turkish Jockey Club, and uh, we're trying to get uh, Sea Hero home as well. Sea Hero's been wow. retired over there. And we're working on uh, getting him home. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one, too. So it's just been amazing, John. And, you know, this is really fan-based. And we get a lot of support from really good owners. And the jockeys come and see him and everything. But I don't know where we'd be without the fans of these horses because they really uh, they really come up big in terms of their support for these animals. You know, coming to visit them at the farm and, and helping to contribute to get them back. So we're very, very grateful for that. Now, now speaking of the fans, and I'm guessing this is open to the public, you're going to have an event the Sunday following the Breeders' Cup. Is that open to the public? Yes, yes, and we want everybody to come. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, it's November 1st, which is the day after the, it's the Sunday after the Saturday of the Breeders' Cup. And what's really interesting is Monday the big sale starts, so there's going to be a lot of people in town that will stay over after the Breeders' Cup for the sale. So we're going to have a lot of the owners of these horses, a lot of their connections coming. And one of the things I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to get a, a, a connection with every one of our retirees. So Richard Migliori is going to come and tell stories about a firm success at Hidden Lake, and Chris McCarron's going to be here to talk about uh, Touch Gold and and Alphabet Soup and a lot of the other great, Futuro and all the other great horses that he rode. And we're going to have a lot of, of, of people that knew these horses when they were in their prime uh, racing careers, uh, telling stories and hanging out by the paddock. So everybody that comes to the party will, will be able to, to talk to them about that. We're going to have great uh, great music from Steve Norman and, and Shades of Grass. We're going to have great uh, food from Tommy Walters, who comes and does all of our events. Uh, West Six Brewing and, and Country Boy Brewing are going to provide the beer for everybody. It's just going to be a great time. And we do a similar party uh, after the Derby every year on the uh, Sunday after the Derby. And you and usually what happens is a week before the Derby, we have like 25 or maybe 30 prepaid reservations. And then we usually get about maybe 175 to 250 people that come. Well, this year, at the end of August, we already had 90, over 90 prepaid reservations for the, for the party that's not going to happen until November the 1st. So it's, it's going to be a wild time, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. We're very, very excited. Uh, it, that's fantastic. Now, uh, again, uh, we, we've, we've talked about the party. I guess the main thing is, is 
Go online at Old Friends or call Old Friends. Once again, Michael, uh, I can't say enough about how great that this uh, publication that the forum put out is. Uh, Would you, for anybody that didn't get their pen and pencil, would you give the farm number out again so they can call and order one of these? Oh, sure, John. Thank you. Yes, it's uh, area code 502-863-1775. And, uh, and if you come to the farm, we'll give you one. And of course, we give tours every day. We give three tours a day at 10, 1, and 3 every day of the week. So if you're in the area, we'd love to come show, show you around the farm and, and you get to see some of these great old champions having a, having a time and showing off for their fans. Uh, it, it is fantastic. I've been there uh, several times myself. You get goosebumps seeing some of these great horses and, uh, you know, just some of the horses like Cat Launch that may be a great horse that nobody knew about, but if they go ahead and get the issue of this old friends published by the Racing Forum, they'll be able to read a story about horses like that and, like I said, the little vignettes of all the other horses you have on the farm. Well, uh, Michael, I, well, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, tonight. I want to thank you so much for your hard work at the fundraiser. Uh, and I hope we uh, paid for a couple bales of hay, and I look forward to seeing you day after Derby, or day after uh, I, Breeders' Cup. I can't wait, John. Thank you so much for everything. If everybody was like you, all these horses would have a great home, just like, just like we tried to provide for them here. Well, they do as long as they're at old friends. We've been talking with Michael Blowen. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with the Louisville kid, Byron King, from the Daily Racing Forum. You're listening to Winning Pony. Make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and I spoke earlier about the things that are going to be happening down in Louisville, Kentucky, and one of the most happening things down there is Byron King from the Daily Racing Forum. He's one of the many graduates of the University of Arizona Racetrack Industry Program that we've had on the show. Even our friend Bob Baffert graduated from there. Uh, you saw him early in his career as the paddock host and the odds maker for Sam Houston, and since then he's been covering races across the country, but his niche is right down where he lives, and that's in the Bluegrass State. He also coaches youth basketball. Byron King, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic, my friend. How are you, John? 
I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, the heat wave broke finally. It was a it was a struggle over the weekend. I have to admit, uh, but we 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 got through it. So uh, I'm doing just fine. Just wanted to pick your brain on a couple of uh, things going on in racing. Uh, some different scenarios that could de- develop uh, from your perspective. Number one, I'd like to get your perspective on American Pharaoh and the Travers. Well. Um what my opinion is on his race is, to me, I, I, I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen before now, and that is that whenever you're a standout horse, you have a target on your back. And obviously, Frosted went after him early in the race and put the pressure on him and I think softened him up a little bit. But I could tell when he couldn't put away Frosted as easily as he had in previous races that he was likely in trouble and um, indeed he was uh, the race came back with a good speed figure but in my mind he clearly did not run um, his top of the line race now I have a theory on horses that that roughly a third of the time they run their A level race right that's about a third of the time they run their B level race and a third of the time their C level race and with the better horses, those percentages are skewed, and with the lesser horses, they're skewed in the other way. So the thing that makes a horse like American Pharaoh great is he could win so often because he was just so brilliant, even if he didn't fire his A race. You know, like maybe his Kentucky Derby, for example, when they had to really get after him a lot more. I think there was twenty some odd times he was he was whipped. You know, maybe that was his B race, you know, and maybe his Haskell was his A race. So he's just been so good that he's been able to overcome, for him, his mediocre efforts and still win. And this was just a day that he couldn't, you know. And um, um, But he's still a brilliant horse, still a deserving favorite in the... Breeders' Cup, in my opinion, and uh, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if anybody's read some of the comments from uh, the principal owner of Keen Ice, but he's talking a good game. It sounds like almost like a, a boxing match. Uh, he claims he's got the fastest, best three-year-old around. So um, it, it's uh, the hype has begun, and of course, you add Beholder to the mix potentially too. Well, that's uh, you, you, you're uh, just getting ready to lead you down that path. Uh, the, the potential matchup for Beholder, and I wanted to get your read on what was one of the most exciting, exhilarating races I've seen in a while, and that was her defeat of the boys. First time she ever raced against them. First time she ever won a mile and a quarter. She made it look easy, didn't she? It was amazing. Uh, and I truly it would have played against her. Not that I thought that the race was a... Uh, a standout group of males by any means. I think we can all admit that the the Southern California older male division is not a stellar one. But at the same time, I just usually feel like when a filly takes on the boys, there's just so much, a little bit like when a horse, not to this extent, but like when a horse is going for the Triple Crown, you know, people want to see it happen, and so therefore they bet it, and it, and it becomes a little, the horse becomes an underlay, you know, and so I thought that that might be the case with her, but lordy, did she demolish them. Um, granted, it was a contested pace in front of her, and she sat, what, third or fourth on the outside, but just, wow, it was just a jaw-dropping kind of race, and 
if she can transfer that form outside California, uh, I think, wow, we're going to have ourselves a pretty exciting uh, Breeders' Cup, and I would assume uh, we'll see her in the Classic. I don't think she really has much to gain by running in the distaff, so I think we'll see her in the Classic. I, I think it would just be fantastic. You know, I, I'm just funny. I was just looking at different things about where names come from, and uh, I didn't realize that the word "hands down" came from horse racing. And it's when a horse wins a race, like she won the Pacific Classic, that the jockey just kind of puts his puts the reins down, puts his hands down. And if you look at the pictures of Gary Stevens at the end of that race, she literally won hands down. That is correct. I do believe, John, that uh, uh, she could have had um, you or me on her back and carrying overweight and could have still romped. I mean, it was a, it was almost a, a comical mismatch is the only way to describe that. That's how much uh, she, she just thoroughly um, uh, woman handled that those boys for sure. Well, I don't know about you, but I do know that uh, there are, are if, should it be me, that there's uh, animal cruelty rules in California in place, so I don't think they'd allow me up on her back. But with that said, <laughs> moving, moving right along, um, the, the Pocahontas, it's a win and you're in for the girls, uh, the, uh, the two-year-olds, and I'm looking at just wicked, okay, so uh, yeah, big deal, yeah, tell me something new, John. But you know what, this horse reminds me, oddly enough, of American Pharaoh, and I'll tell you why. Now, she's uh, a homebred Winchell. It looks like they ran her through the sale. She, they didn't bring enough money. They brought her back. In her maiden, they tried something. They tried the turf. Didn't work. Still ran a game second race. Now, Asmussen puts Just Wicked back on the main track, and she's been undefeated ever since. And uh, looks uh, looks certainly to be the one to beat in the Pocahontas. Do, do you see what I'm saying here? It's it's kind of weird that she she could be the the female version of American Pharaoh if things keep going her way. Well, what's interesting about her is I had another horse come to mind when I thought of her, and that was Untappable. Uh, Untappable is a yeah. horse that. Um, actually, you know, ran in this race um, way back in 2003. Uh, she, was, she used the race as a Breeders' Cup prep. Um, she did not go to Saratoga. She merely had a, a Churchill Downs race in June and then went straight into this one. So it's a race that um, Asmussen likes to use for his, um, as a prep for the Breeders' Cup. I think it gives him a lot of spacing and if you win it, you know, you, you, you don't necessarily have to come back at Keeneland unless somebody wants to, you know. And so um, I think clearly she's the one to beat. She's the proven horse. But I think for any kind of value-based uh, bettors, I think a horse, and I hope I pronounce it right, uh, Dothraki Queen uh, is somewhat interesting. This is a filly that won first out at Ellis Park on the turf for Kenny McPeak, overcame a poor start and one going away. And you may say, well, it's turf, you know, they're just, you know, taking a shot in the dirt. But this is something that McPeak has done over the years with his horses that he wants to get some distance experience right away with, where he feels like they're not some 5 eight, six for all kind of horse. 
he'll run them long on the Ellis grass, and quite often it's it's not because he thinks they're a turf horse necessarily. It's just because he wants to get them a distance. And certainly this horse passed it with flying colors. Now it's not the same as having won a graded stakes race at Saratoga, which just Wicked did in the Adirondack, but. I think she is a horse that's very, very interesting, and of the horses, that'll be a little bit of a price. Uh, If there is an upsetter, I think it would be her. Yeah, I made several notes on the horse myself. It'll be first-time Lasix. You look at the trouble line in the racing form, off slow, and then drew off. And wasn't against a short field. It was against the 10-horse field, and she had to come from eighth after breaking from the six hole. So you know that this horse probably learned a little bit about uh, about racing in that race. And don't forget, the, the Pocahontas is a mile and a 16th. Just Wicked's never done anything but sprint. So I have to agree, if there's a, a horse in here that it's probably got the best chance at, 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 a, at an upset, it would probably be uh, Dothraki Queen. I definitely agree with you. Uh, the other horses, I'm just kind of scratching my head, you know, uh, uh, decked out down on the inside, kind of been there, done that, and just wicked spanker pretty good uh, in the Adirondack. Then you got horses shipping in from parks, uh, uh, you know, other Ellis parks. Uh, a horse coming all the way in from Emerald Downs with its own jockey and Princess Kennedy. But, yeah, Kenny's been known to do it. And you know what? We had him on uh, just a week or two ago on this show and Kenny also has a great eye for a horse and he you know picked up this Philly for 35,000 and you'll see that a lot in Kenny's career where he doesn't have to spend 400,000 sure he'd like to but he, you know he know, he knows his owner's uh breadth of uh you know income and uh, finds horses that that fit what they can afford and uh, Dothraki Queen, while she may not be just wicked, we'll find out on Saturday in the Pocahontas. I think she's probably got a good future ahead of her. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, the, my producer's telling me I've only got a minute, and I don't want to ha- have to squeeze the Iroquois in in a minute. So, Byron, if it's okay with you, we'll take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, we'll get to the Iroquois, the Super Derby, and if time allows, the Kentucky Turf Cup. So, we are on the phone with Daily Racing Forms Byron King. We're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies, and we'll be right back. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and Byron King, who's with us from Louisville, Kentucky, again, uh, the opening of uh, Churchill Downs. And I I do want to uh, remind people that uh, Bob Fortas and Gary West are going to be there uh, on Sunday signing their new book. Uh, Great guys. It's called uh, Ride to Win, an inside look at the jockey's craft. Uh, just uh, inside Gate 17, if you get a chance to be there on Sunday, meet up with those guys. They're two of my favorites, and they're from one of my favorite cities in the world, New Orleans. All right, back with Byron King, Churchill Downs. We just talked about the girls' version winning your in um, for the Breeders' Cup. How about the boys' version? The Iroquois, not as easy to uh, zero in on a, a, a couple of the, uh, the the top horses. I can make a case for close to half a dozen in here, Byron. How about you? Yeah, you know, when I did my picks initially, the morning line wasn't out, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be a creative little sort here, and I'm going to come up with this price horse, Conquest Windy City, and then I was surprised to see that he was made 7-2. to two. But this is a horse that follows a little bit of the same angle that we discussed uh, with um, the Kenny McPeak horse, uh, Dothraki Queen in the Pocahontas, but Conquest Windy City was debuted at Saratoga on the grass, going a distance of ground, and while it was on the turf, if you look at the pedigree, he's by Tisnell out of an APND mare, and while that doesn't say, oh, can't run on turf, if you look at the catalog page, you can definitely see that there's more dirt influences in there, and this is a horse that clearly had no business running five furlongs or six furlongs with that kind of pedigree. So they debuted him going long, and he ran well. And now he's got the rail uh, post, which I like for a mile and 16th race at uh, Churchill Downs. They start, you know, uh, that gives them about a run of about a furlong to the, the first turn. So that's advantageous for saving ground and getting some positioning. Uh, so I really think this horse is ready to move forward. And Mark Cassie trains and... He's a 27% um, winner's second time out with a prompt. Will you stop feeling my thunder, Byron? I got all these notes on my thing, and then that was one of them. You know, uh, I, well, you know, oh man! I tell you what, next time that happens, uh, let me know, and I'll talk up some plug, and you can, you can, <laughs> you can go no. with the really good stuff. Now, Byron, I, I was just going to toot the forms or, or, uh, horn in the fact that. The stats that are on the the bottom line of the past performances are, are fantastic, uh, whether it be uh, trainers percent with two-year-olds, uh, maiden second-time start, when they have an equipment change, when they come back off or lay off. And I've got a big star for Mark Cassie, uh, maiden second start, 27%. That's not bad. And the other thing is the comparisons uh, that you made to Dothraki Queen, number one, most of these horses coming out of sprint. Here's a horse uh, that, that's gone long. And it's another horse that uh, wasn't all that speedy out of the gate and probably got some experience in being able to come from off the pace like he did, so, like she did, rather. So, yeah, uh, Conquest, 
Quest, Windy City. If you're a stats guy, maiden second start, 27%. Mark Cassie also 22% um, with his uh, with his two-year-olds. Great information uh, that co- comes out of the form. Well, um, other ones that, uh, that, that may rise to the top in here, I noticed that uh, Calumet Farms got horses in here that are not trained by... Um, uh, D. Wayne Lucas, but he's got condominium in there, and uh, John Court, who always fares well down at Louisville. Uh, you've got a horse that hasn't been afraid to tangle with the uh, the big boys, cocked and loaded in there. Um, I mean, uh, Kenny McPeak, again, you got uh, one of his Ellis Park horses that looks kind of similar to Dothraki Queen in uh, Rated R Superstar. Yes, you have a number of talented prospects in here. I don't think this race, in my personal opinion, is uh, has a horse of the the quality that we discussed uh, with the Asmussen horse and the Pocahontas in Just Wicked. Uh, I think this this one's a little more. They're a little more unknown commodities. In fact, I think Condominium, who's in fact, I should say, I mean, my choice in here, Conquest Windy City, is still a maiden, ran second first out, but obviously if you run second at Saratoga, that's nothing wrong with that. And Condominium also ran second at Saratoga last out in a sprint on the dirt, first Lasix. Uh, this is a horse that is also by Tisnow, um, two-time back-to-back Breeders' Cup Classic winner, so certainly bred to stretch out, dangerous speed. Uh, I'm not... Um, you know, I'm not a huge um, uh, D. Wayne backer these days. I respect very much his accomplishments. Um, I, I think he can be a little ambitious with some of his horses in, in recent years. But when he does team up with John Cord, he seems to have, um, there are times where they, you know, they can light up the tote, although it's not reflected in the in the recent stats as I'm sitting here looking at it. But I, I can recall from years past a few, a few ones. So... Um, that horse is kind of interesting, and so there's even a horse coming from Monmouth out of a five-furlong grass race, but that one's yes. by Leroy's an animal who's more of a turf sire, so I'm not quite sure what to make of how that one's going to do. But as a rider, you could have a blast with this horse. This horse was bred, owned, and trained by Liam Benson. Um, I did always like the sire, quite frankly, and uh, you, you, you did point out it was a five-furlong turf, Horse was dismissed at almost fifty to one in the Tyro Stakes. Trying to break its maiden in the Tyro does successfully. The jockey's coming in. Uh, there's got to be a great story behind Liam Benson for sure. Oh, gotta be. And usually, what happens when there's a relatively, um, you know, uh, unknown trainer or, or not a very high profile trainer that happens to own the horse himself? The phone's ringing off the hook after the race by deep-pocketed owners trying to buy the thing. So he's riding this one out, apparently, uh, because I'm sure he took some offers after the Tyro. So very interesting. He's uh, showing a lot of confidence in his horse. He did first out, and now he is again. So very, very interesting. They only have the horse at 5-1 to one on the morning line, which I find a little hard to believe that he'll be that short. Uh after being 47 to one first time out. So I think mm-hmm. his backers will um, certainly be getting, I, I, would, I would bet 10 to one or more. 
I would think so, too, but it will make for a great story. Well, our producers tell me we got about four minutes, so what do you say we break down uh, the Super Derby that looks like uh, it's going to be a rematch to the Super Derby prelude where you have the first, second, third, and fourth place finishers all go into post. I'll tell you what, though, this horse, the Picket Factor, who won the Super Derby prelude, just looks like the longer they go, the better he gets. You know, it, this was a tough race for me to to handicap. There were many years that I went down to the Super Derby and covered the race for the racing form, and to see it as uh, this renewal, it was really disappointing. It's not one of the better renewals of this race that was once great. I mean, it was once won by Tisnow and great horses and. You know, this year, you look at it and you just go, whoa. I mean, like you said, it's not a whole lot different than the prelude. And and so it, it's not really on my radar as a race that I'm dying to bet, that's for sure. But I, um, you know, I think that it's, you know, you could, I don't know. You know, I, I, I actually took a shot with a horse named Fusiachi Flame, believe it or not. I just figured... Whatever, I'm going to swing for the fences. <laughs> he ran fourth, and whatever, I'm going to give it a shot. And um, maybe this horse, sometimes I find that when uh, a race is below quality in, in, um, in its, um, you know, in terms of the horses in it, it's a little more ripe for upset uh, because uh, you don't, you have the kind of favorite by default. So whatever. I don't think he's a high percentage winner, but what the heck, we'll take a chance with Fusiachi Flame at 20 to 1. Well, yeah, and I have to say that it seems, does seem like the race has, has lost some of its luster. Was was the Super Derby ever a million-dollar race? It used to be a heck of a lot more. I, you'd have, I'd have to research that in more than the, the four minutes that you have left of your show, but it used to be <laughs> a lot more. And they've had a lot of troubles at Louisiana Downs over the years in terms of declining purses, and, and, and they've been running seven uh, race cards this year. It's, you know, they're just kind of limping along a little bit. They've, they've got some gaming there, but in Louisiana, things are different. It, it's, you have gaming at the track to supplement things, but you don't have everything that the riverboats and the, the casinos have that in that particular jurisdiction are closer to the, the the larger population of the city. So someone really has to want to go out to Louisiana Downs to gamble rather than stay at the riverboats more in the central location. Well, uh, Byron, uh, once again, uh, I want to thank you so much. You're always uh, very uh, generous with your time, and I love uh, I love talking to you. I love uh, the way you, you break down the action. And, hey, Puziachi Flame, 20 to 1, you never know. Blinkers on first time. Stranger things have happened. So thanks a lot for your, your time this evening. I look forward to seeing you in person, probably down at the Keeneland meet sometime soon. I will look forward to it, John. You take care and have yourself a great evening. Okay, I will, and I want to also uh, thank Michael Blowen. I want to remind everybody that uh, Old Friends, the number, if you want to order the Daily Racing Form uh, book, uh, actually his magazine, um, is 502-863-1775. 502-863-1775. Thanks to Byron King. Thanks to Michael Blowen. And it's time for me to look out the press box window over the manicured turf course across the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky and ask you, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it.
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.